A's for Alcoholic is a program about recovery. My name is John, and I'm an alcoholic. And my name is Jerry, and I'm an alcoholic. Join us as we go through the alphabet of alcoholism one letter at a time. I thought that, um, you know, a good place to start would be the beginning, obviously. And I thought, you know, on this going A, A is for alcoholic. So what does that mean to you? How do you define, how do you define the term alcoholic? How do you define yourself as an alcoholic? Do you? I mean, I, I think that you do. I mean, I do, but. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I absolutely define myself as an alcoholic because I know, I know, I know. It, I think it's something you know, in my opinion, if, if it's something that you're in denial of, I don't know. It's a hard way to to phrase it without sounding like a dick. <laughs> well, so go ahead I've, and sound like a dick. Okay, well, the thing is, the way I look at it is, as far as my alcoholism is concerned, in looking at what what you know, what I've read on the literature in twelve step program uh, programs is that. Um, there was an always an intense craving for alcohol, and once I started drinking, I couldn't, I didn't stop until the machine wound down, until I fell asleep, until I passed out. There was no falling asleep; it's just passed out. But that process would be repeated over and over again. the the The, the way I found my alcoholism, I I I was what I guess some people would consider a, a high bottom, mid bottom drunk. You know, I I didn't end up in the extremities of al- as far as where alcoholism will take you. You know, uh, I, I, I maintained some semblance of work, you know, as, but as far as my personal life, like it, I was suffering. I was in pain a lot. I lived through dozens, hundreds of thousands of hangovers. And, and uh, I, uh, despite that, I still drank. I still kept drinking. And I needed to. I felt the need to drink. And I think that's what made me realize that I not only had a problem with alcohol, but I was an alcoholic, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I can get into details. Um, I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> you don't need to. It, I mean, it's yeah. I mean, you, but if you know, well, yeah, and I, I don't mind being. I'm an open book. I mean, if 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 you're dealing with this thing in your life, like you know, like you you know where it's at. So I guess the thing about me sounding like a dick is if you know where you're at and the patterns are there and you're still walking around saying I'm not an alcoholic, well in my opinion you're in total fucking denial. And you're just you're just you know you're just lying to yourself. Denial yeah, denial being another symptom. Of alcoholism, absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's one of the big that's one of the big boys, you know. Yeah. yeah. I mm-hmm. I think about it. So yeah, I guess it's been it'll be three years this weekend for me, and mm-hmm. and four years for you, and and I always think about. Okay, so it's definitely, it's definitely there's some allergic reaction that happens because I, I absolutely you know you like you said you lose control and you can't help it and you, you, um, I well I have a reaction, I have an allergic reaction which includes severely impaired judgment um my pants coming off at the wrong time (laughs) you know getting sick (laughs) not making any sense and you know being just complete you know it's a personality change you know so Mm -hmm. it's like i guess it's an allergic reaction of the body which affects the mind and 
And then, like you said, that obsession and that craving that doesn't stop, even though you are far beyond the, the point of being sick. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, for me. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I was just I was just thinking, you know, it's like, what is alcoholism? It's an allergic reaction. It's this craving that you can't stop. And then where does it begin? And I, I was trying to think about, and I've asked people in my past, and I tried to ask my mom and friends that I knew from a long time ago, like, when was the first time I ever took a drink? When's the first time I could remember taking a drink? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was at this, I think it was at this wedding, and I, I must have been like 14 or 15, and um, running around, and I still have this vague memory of like, everybody talking to my mom and I was just like stealing champagne and like having this giddy (laughs) weird time at some somebody else's wedding at this very young age and and I thought okay was that when it started but then I started thinking about um like as a kid and as a little kid and growing up with somebody who you know growing up with an alcoholic and abusive father like as a little kid you don't you know we sit here and we talk a lot about what things mean and you know we're using we have words for the for the things that we feel we have definitions for the ways that we think but at a, as a kid at like five or six or seven years old you don't even know what the word resentment is you don't even it's no. not in your vocabulary there's no concept so, <clears throat> so you're just sitting there as this little kid dealing with whatever you know and whatever in my in my case it was this alcoholic and abusive father and just trying to understand it and you're just like completely confused you're tight you're you're sad and you're mad and so then how do you deal with the resentment at seven i can barely deal with them at 41 some days you know what i mean yeah so then you grow up with this as like your baseline it's no wonder that you want to find like a release valve yeah you know yeah yeah, and that's the effective one, isn't it? I mean, that's that's why we get uh, into this. This is why we end up here, you know, is because mm-hmm. it is so fucking effective. At the beginning, it is so effective. I mean, my first drink, if I went all the way back, I remember it. I absolutely remember it. I was like five or six, and it was a, a glass of ice and a Cuddy Sark sitting on the hood of an El Dorado you know, my grandmother in the front yard of my grandmother's trailer and I picked it up and took a big swig thinking it was tea and it turned out to be scotch and uh, it, it, it tasted oh. awful, but it felt good. Like it, the burn felt good. My gut felt good. There was like embers in my stomach, you know, and uh, I, I never I didn't revisit it again until I was a teenager, you know, when and, was and that then first from one, how old? I was like five or six. I mean, I picked it up and took a big old swig of it and was like, whoa, this ain't iced tea, but I didn't spit it out. I swallowed it. And then, you know, they were like, don't drink that. And I just walked around feeling that warmth in there as a little kid, you know. Um, My grandfather was an alcoholic. I mean, my parents are alcoholics, you know. Both Mm -hmm. my grandfathers are alcoholics. So I feel like, yeah, there's a definite... At least as far as circumstantial evidence, as far as I'm concerned, there's a definite there's a definite genetic factor in there, like a physical factor, because I look at all these years of genetics refined into me. I've always felt like this honed edge of fucking alcoholism, you know, like, but but it was so it's always worked so effectively. I mean, what better way to deal with the resentment than to unplug or what better way to deal with the horrible way you feel about yourself than to inflate your own ego? 
you know, and then all of a sudden you're charming and you you can talk to girls and you're not yeah. walking with a slouch and you know it's 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 so it, a seductive is the wrong word because the alcohol in itself is inert, but then once you put it into I'm not even just an alcoholic into most people. Most people drink for not because you know it's because it's fun because it you lower your inhibitions and you feel bigger than you know alcoholics mm-hmm. drink because that's just what alcoholics do it's the way to feel normal at one point but then normal feels like garbage <laughs> you know it's it's a <laughs> slippery slope you know it's, it's a very, very small small window that is that is unsustainable dude and it keeps getting smaller that's the problem with with drinking alcoholically it just gets smaller mm-hmm. and smaller every time you know um, yeah i i keep coming back to this um you remember when I lived on that um, that apartment in Nickerson? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. And so I remember this. We used to have these parties, and it was this always this big fun thing. And we're going to invite a bunch of people into our apartment, and you know everybody brings a bottle of booze with like the first letter of their first name or something like that. You know, it was right. like this fun little game, and I'll I'll make sure to have ginger ale and cranberry and ice, and you know a bag of pretzels and Cheetos and. I remember getting dressed up and like, you know, putting a tie on and, you know, getting all fancy. And I had these really like olive green slacks that I really liked and felt good. And, you know, I'm waiting for people to show up and they start to show up and everyone's having a good time. And there's, you know, people are there and everyone's there and excited to see me and come over. And we're having this awesome time. Right. And everything's great. It's when I lived with Danny over there and we're just having like this awesome time. And, um, it, I then woke up and I was on the floor in the living room by myself, completely alone. The the 30 people that were there were gone. And, um, my pants were down around my ankles and I had no shirt on. And, (laughs) You know, like it's 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 kind of funny, uh, but yeah, you know, it, you like know. <laughs> you know, um, and, but in, in retrospect, it's like where was that window of like it being fun for me and God being fun for anybody else? Obviously, it wasn't. They all just left. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you woke up in the morning, or it was later on. That no, no. Night? This was this was like only a few hours later. Oh like, wow! I had, yeah. So. Yeah. I had ingested so much that I had passed out to the point of everyone was like, yeah, we should probably go find a pool hall or go home. Or I didn't know this was going to happen. This wasn't right. on the flyer. So, so you didn't even make it through the window. The window was just shut. You just hit it. Yes. <laughs> Rolled down the wall. Yeah. Right on my head. And I and so it's just I kind of think about those things and I have those memories of like, gosh, was that it? When was that? How long was that fun for? Was it even fun? And it was just that sort of idea of I have to, I have to, I have to. Yeah. And mm-hmm. always the guise of we're going to have a good time or we're going to share it with somebody. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just not, not good. No, it, it, I mean, I mean, think of all the preparation you did and everything and, and you were so excited and. Yeah, and then it just ends with you don't even know. All you know is you're drinking, and then you wake up. You know that's that's the fog. That's beyond the fog. That's the you know the valley beyond the fog. That's the blackout. Mm. You know. Yes. You know I I, I um 
I, I hear them talk about blackouts like they're funny things. And, and I guess when I was drinking, it was a funny thing. But now when I hear it, I feel bad. Like it hurts me. It makes me feel bad for that person because I mm-hmm. know the aftermath and I know what happens during, you know, I, I have it. Re- it's like my wife was a fucking stenographer, dude. You know, she would come at me with every fucking detail. But yeah, I mean, I remember having those nights alone. I remember having those nights with you, you know, and, and um, it's just not a sustainable way of life for me personally, you know, and that's why I had that's why I had to stop. And once I stopped, it wasn't as easy as just stopping. Like I had to give it I didn't I had to give it a name and I had to realize that once I had stopped, it wasn't just a matter of like, OK, I'm done drinking. I'm drinking too much. It was that's when the obsession kicked in even worse is when I wasn't drinking that's how I feel when I wasn't drinking I thought about drinking all the fucking time every 10 seconds man it was like a you're not drinking man you're not drinking you're not drinking you know like it just kept repeating itself why aren't you drinking what's the matter with you why aren't you drinking don't you want to feel better can't you be normal like everybody else? Right. <laughs> but then I look back and all my best friends are alcoholics. Well, I mean, I can't speak for every one of my closest friends, but I know a small handful that, you know, are totally professed, self-professed alcoholics, you know, that we all drank. And it's what we did. Even those that haven't professed it um, are certainly drinking in an alcoholic fashion, some might say. Well, it's un- it's it's just not sustainable for me personally. Now, if any yeah. of those people, you know, feel like that works for them in the moment, my power, you know, my hats off to them, more power to them. But I also look at it like I can see it. It's like I've been very open about my alcoholism with everyone around me, especially mm-hmm. the people who knew me when I was drinking, because I was very open about my alcoholism when I was drinking alcoholically. You know, so I can't shy away from the fact that like I'm a drunk and that's what I do now when I meet newer Mm -hmm. people it's a little awkward you know to put that label on myself I I I don't tend to flit around it but it doesn't get asked very often you know I don't the circles I run in now it's like my wife they're all teachers and they all work with my wife so they're not like why aren't you drinking why aren't you drinking like they could care less they don't even bring it up they'll offer me a drink and then I'll say no I don't drink and then that's it you know yeah, you don't. Yeah, it's not something you offer up because you know I'm not gonna. They're gonna be like, "Hey, do you want a beer?" And I'm like, "No, thanks. I'm a recovering alcoholic." No, I just say, "No, I'm not. I'm not. I don't drink." And if they pry the subject, well, yeah, absolutely. I'll be like, "I'm a recovering alcoholic. Like, I, I have, I've had enough. I've had enough. Yeah. I think. I think that's, I'm good." Yeah, that's the best advice I ever got. Was, was I love it? You know, yeah. those the, those five words. No thanks. I've had enough. It's great. And, you know, it works. It's the truth. And um, everybody understands it on, no matter what level they're on. Even if they think you're, they're hammered and they think everybody's hammered with them, you're just like, yes. Mm-hmm. No thanks. I've had enough, which oh, is thanks, very much enough. the truth. Yeah. Um, and go ahead. I was just going to say that, I, you know, the same thing when people offer you or, or want to talk about it. And it's, and you know, I think I think people see it, they see it on you, or they see it on me, and they ask me, and and I say no, I, I don't drink anymore, and and either they really want to know why, or they begin to discuss their own concerns with their own behaviors, and yeah, you know, it's um, you go well, you know, you got to do what what works for you, and I think that that's 
that's the best advice I can give anybody because it doesn't because I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you're going through. Right. And, you know, I, I certainly don't want it's not it's you know, it's never been about judgment. It's never been about telling somebody else how to live their life. No, it's none of my business. Yeah. If, no, I just it's just if you're going to be wasted, I'm going to go somewhere else. Right. And if you're going to I I think my big problem, these are resentments I need to work through on my own. But it's when when people brag to me or brag or when they're in a group and they're all bragging about how fucked up they get. It always irks me a tiny bit. Like I look at them mm-hmm. and I'm like, man, you don't know. Y'all look so dumb last night. You don't even realize it, you know, but they were around a bunch of other drunks. So the drunks were like egging them on, you know? Yeah. But yeah, as far as that goes, man, it's just, I just leave it. You know, those are internal things that I think, but mm-hmm. I mean, my, uh, yeah, I, I, I actually love the way you defined alcoholism as an allergy, allergy of the body and a, what is it? A malady of the mind, you know, like a, mm-hmm. it's those two things working in tandem and that's exactly what it was for me. Exactly. And I, I, yeah, but I knew it before even the bottom came. I was, I knew it. I, I, I knew I'd either end up, God, I hate to sound super dramatic, but I knew I'd either end up dead or in a, in the room, in a room, yeah. you know, in a 12 step meeting, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I used to, I had moments where I literally had real, you know, I mean, they were all real physical reactions or allergic reactions, but I would get yeah. super flushed and mm-hmm. my skin would get red and blotchy and it would start in my chest and it would creep up my neck and all over my face and my breathing would get really short like oh, yeah. somebody who had a eating eating peanuts who had a peanut allergy and my my first thought was well I just need to drink through this it'll pass so the yeah. one thing that I'm ingesting and imbibing that is causing this you know inability to breathe and making my entire skin crawl and burn, I think, oh, well, if I just numb it with a little bit more of this, everything, it'll pass. Yeah, and that is the uh, definite process of an alcoholic, you know. Pour more booze on it. (laughs) I just need to put some extra ice in my next drink and I'll be fine. Yeah, you'll rehydrate yourself (laughs) that way, dude. Come on. I'm like a camel um, over here, you know. You you mentioned something else about you saying I'm being very vocal in in being an alcoholic while drinking, and I we may have talked about this before, but I remember those things where I'd say, "Yeah, me too." I used to say it all the time. No big deal. This is how I am. This is what I mm-hmm. do. Oh man, yep, just another hangover or whatever. Yep. And I never thought that I was hiding anything until. I started to think back and I would think about, you know, having people over to the house and maybe cooking dinner. And I said, yeah, I'll I'll be in the kitchen. I'll help cook. And I, or I would, I would do the cooking so that I could be closer to where the booze was. Hey, anybody want another glass of wine? And I would pour myself a nice heavy one and then pour them like a, you know, a regular glass, or I might take an extra drink while I was in there. And I was totally hiding it because in my mind I thought, oh, well, I need more than everybody yeah. else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm just making sure to take care of myself and then you guys can have whatever's left over. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. And so I was yeah. always hiding it, even when I thought that I wasn't. When Even when I thought that, you know, I was in some twisted way proud of how much I could drink or how fucked up I could get or whatever. 
And it was just it was... so romantic to be like that. You mm-hmm. know? Well, yeah, all your favorite writers, all my favorite writers, all my favorite movies, all my favorite actors, they had that dark root. It was like a root, you know, like a dark root growing in them, and that was that was like style. You know what I mean? That was the illusion, the 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 Mad Men and stuff. Jack Kerouac, yeah, and Kerouac, Bukowski and, and Hunter S. And get me the golf shoes and all that <laughs> shit. You know, like. Mm-hmm. But look at Hunter S. He shot himself in his brain. You know, I mean, yeah. he was sick. He was getting old. But look at Bukowski, man. Like died of liver cancer Kerouac puked his guts out he mm-hmm. puked himself to death and had liver failure in his mom's bathroom you know I mean we all don't we all don't die pretty but you know I don't want to die that ugly either you know like, I just don't want to <laughs> die in pain yeah man me neither and you know this this idea of it having to be what was I talking about with we were saying something to the effect of I was talking with my girlfriend and we were saying something to the effect of you get to this level and maybe it starts from childhood where you you tolerate a certain level of pain and that becomes normal. And then it's all about what you can endure. Oh, it's not, yeah. it doesn't hurt that bad or, oh, it's fine. You know, um, I can, I can deal with this or, and even if it was a physical pain or an emotional pain or a mental, you know, frustration or whatever it was, then you're now your baseline is in pain. And yeah. mm-hmm. now without alcohol, I kind of see this as, oh, well, I can be nice to myself. I can I can live in ease some right. days and I don't require some some potion to you know give me the illusion of that yeah i mm-hmm. i can love myself you know but it's just such a weird insipid thing to twist your brain around i don't know very much so i i think about the list i can write a list if i could sit down and write a list of the things i regret while I, while i was drinking and then, you know, how long would that list be compared to the list of things I regret right now that I've done? You know what I mean? And, and it, I mean, I can't, I, I maybe regret two or three things. Whereas while I was drinking, I regretted it all. You know what I mean? Like I was, it wasn't even like these big lifelong regrets. Like I didn't travel or, or, or write the great American novel or whatever. It was just, I regret fucking waking up. You know what I mean? I regret all that shit I said yesterday. <laughs> you know, I regret not getting a handle instead of a fifth. You know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and yes. now I'm like, dang, I regret playing Conan Exiles for four hours today. Shouldn't have played <laughs> video games so long. Pissed me off, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. you know, you uh, just just take the just delete the game and. Yeah, I'm dumping that that fucking game. <laughs> so Can't you, wait to your your regrets are better. Yeah, absolutely, they're better, and they're mm-hmm. they're fewer. So it's like, uh, I mean, I don't know how far into the actual recovery itself is going. I I used to hear people at meetings say that the obsession was gone and that you know their lives are great, and I thought they were so full of shit because I was like so wet out of the rain, like just like this is bullshit. You're trying to sell me Amway here. And now I'm sitting here going, well, is the obsession gone? To an extent, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the physical obsession is gone. Yeah. The mental obsession as far as still regarding it and thinking of it. I mean, I don't think about taking a drink 
at all really very often i mean if it is if it ever comes up it's usually like an impulsive kind of thing it's never uh oh i'm gonna drink i'm gonna drink you know but 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 that immediate the immediate desperation and obsession are gone and those are the big changes in my life you know yeah Um, well i mean those aren't the only ones but though yeah but those are big mental changes you know Mm. as far as being in the state of uh, drinking and being in the state of not drinking you know but yeah, there's a lot of them. There are tons of them. I could sit here and list them all off, you know. The changes, the list of changes, yes. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, um, but I like that idea of, you know, my regrets are fewer and far between. Man, it's easy. feels good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know. There was something else I heard somebody say was that they, they talked about, and, you know, I think they were talking about it on a bigger scale, and they were talking about fear. And being afraid of something, and whether it was doing something or they were talking about life-changing moments, whether it was quitting your job or mm-hmm. trying something new or quitting drinking. And they were talking about the half-life of fear. And wow. I thought this yeah. was an awesome idea was that it's not that you don't get afraid anymore. It's just that the reaction time between when I get afraid and then when I'm okay, it gets less and less and less. You know, you go, oh, they're going to, they're going to, I think the example she was giving was they're going to repossess my car. And then it's like, well, what happens when they do that? Well, it's just a car and then I'm, then I'm okay. Or uh, I can't, you know, my credit score is not good. And like, well, you're not your credit score. So take a breath, relax. And, you know, but I just love that idea of the half-life of fear because I know when I was drinking, I was afraid of everything and everybody, including myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think nowadays when I think about getting scared of something, whether it's something I want to do or something that needs to be done or a conflict, whether whether it's a conflict at work or having to, you know, things like today, spending an hour on the phone with Comcast when I was drinking, yeah. I wouldn't have I would have put that off indefinitely yeah i would have i would have paid the extra 30 or 50 dollars a month um or i just wouldn't have paid the bill at all (laughs) which is probably what would have happened seems more par for the course yeah and then they would have shut it off and then the fear would have been running around trying to get the 400 bucks to get it back on again. exactly yeah and so today i had this great conversation with a guy from mexico city and cesar me and cesar were just I talked to him about the new Mexican president. I asked him how his fourth was going to be. And he's like, uh-uh. <clears throat> no, sir. <laughs> There's no fourth here, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He just said, yeah, it's my day off. And I said, all right, good. You should enjoy that. Mine too. Um, for very different reasons. But it was it was just really, it was easy. I was like, oh, okay. So I'll just get on the phone and let them go through the packages and try and talk me into this and talk me into this. And then I said, oh, okay. That sounds good. Let's do that. Thanks, man. Let's do that. And yeah. It was easy. It was another thing I could write off my check off my list rather than they, letting uh, it sit. They talk you into the landline. They always talk you into the landline. So he he talked me into I got the landline, but I don't have a phone. Yeah, neither do I. And I had the landline forever. And I was just like, man, I'm just using this. This doesn't make any sense. I don't Y'all know what to do me. with it. I mean, maybe I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't get a home phone. Make Should it I weird. get a nice get a nice cordless? Nice cordless, dude. So you can walk around, walk around the house, you know. 
get an answering machine on it. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, with those wacky answering machine messages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nobody's home. <laughs> Nobody's home. <laughs> um. Yeah. Oh, it's it's just it's um it it just is so much. It's so much easier to deal with the the minutia of life that used to drive me insane or I would just avoid entirely. Yeah. You know. Yeah. In that there's yeah. just a, there's a, a lot more peace of mind. Yeah. To it all. So, yeah, I have to agree. There's moments. There's moments, but I mean there's there will always be moments. There will always be moments, drinking or not. But the sober moments like you said tend not to tend not to avalanche so quickly. You know, well, it just you, you know, there wouldn't be this. You wouldn't wake up in a deficit. I always felt like I was starting my day in this deficit with this hangover. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I think in the early yeah. in the early days of drinking, I thought of it as some sort of thing to like overcome, and that there was strength in this, you know, in having a hangover, and I would fight through it, or I would I would have some more to drink, and I could I could I could beat this challenge, and yeah. then I started to realize it was a deficit that caused everything else in my life to take a back seat to a headache or the diarrhea or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. sort of awful thing that I had to sit in regret or some awful thing that, you know, would just, I wouldn't know that I was going to have to regret until later because I didn't right. remember. Oh, and yeah. There's mm-hmm. like this superpower now where I wake up and I feel great. I'm You're like, like oh. fuck, I feel normal. This is <laughs> what is this magic? <laughs> what is happening? <clears throat> I, so it's, yeah, I, I think it's, it's, um, it's a wholly better way to live. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I think, I think it would help out even people who, I mean, I think it would help out even people who don't drink living by some type of program. You know, I, I heard it said that we all, I mean, if we're getting into the subject of program, I guess I'm mm-hmm. branching out that way, but uh, it might have been um, a British guy with the hair. Russell Brand was saying that we all live by programs regardless of whether or not we give it a name. You know, you have a program mm-hmm. of things you do. There's a routine, a program. So if you just, you know, list, you know, live by a program that's a positive one, you get much more fulfilling experience out of life, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely when I was drinking, my program was was how can I get another drink? Yeah, mine too. There wasn't much else. That was it. <laughs> it was. Mine was. It was just. Yeah. <clears throat> mine was sad. It was like just being sad and drinking. Yeah, it was just like the, like a fucking thirty-five-year-old goth guy. Like, come on, you know, like just <laughs> walking around with sadness and darkness and just so inside myself. You know, I mean, like that's Robert that, Smith waking up in the backyard. Yeah, but waking up in the backyard of the sunburn, you know, covered in ants. With the sunburn, you know, like, mascara running yeah. all over his face. Yeah, yeah, just one eye, just one eye with mascara. But that's what, you know what, I, I have to say, you know, alcoholism to me, the way I define it is in the act of drinking alcoholically, I was alone and I was sad and I didn't want to be alive. And now in the act of being a recovering alcoholic and I give myself that label because I know that you know, I'll always have it with me. It'll, it, it won't go. It's just going to be there until they figure out some, some type of, I don't know, 
operation or something. I don't know. Anyway, in, in the act of being a recovered alcoholic, it's not, I'm not alone. Like, I don't feel alone anymore. I feel sad about things, but, you know, that's normal. Comes with mm-hmm. the, comes with having a brain like this. I think most people feel sad. I think it's good to be in touch with the sadness, but it's, but, you know, you can't let it overwhelm you. And then you pour bourbon on top of it, and that's all you're going to be. At least that's all I was, you know. Bourbon and sadness. So it's, there are two very, uh, two very opposite sides of the coin, you know. I guess that's the way I define my alcoholism is, is sad and alone, <laughs> in a hole, trying to get out of the hole by digging deeper into the hole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Trying to yeah. trying to dig, thinking you can dig your way out by going yeah. further down. Further down, yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, that's... And I think now I define being an alcoholic, and I've heard it said a lot, too. Um, people talk about being a grateful alcoholic. And right. I mm-hmm. I would have to, you know, I would have to agree with that because I wouldn't, you know, be... I wouldn't be sitting here with you talking about this stuff if I had not no. dealt with all that stuff. You know, if I hadn't mm-hmm. gone through, if I hadn't spent 18 years or plus whatever maybe more drinking um i wouldn't have found the 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 happiness and the joy that comes with not drinking and going outside and you know standing there for a moment in my driveway while this deer eats plums off the ground and just kind of staring at each other you know yeah it's like and i just kind of looked at her and she's looking at me and -hmm. we're just looking trying to figure each other out you know and and she's like, I'm just over here trying to eat some plums, man. And I right. Like, okay, I'm going to go for a walk. And uh, it was a nice little moment that I, I don't think that I would have, I would, certainly wouldn't have woken up early enough for that moment if yeah. I'd been in the throes of some hangover. Right. But that, that moment sounds like the scene in a Kevin Spacey movie where they tell him he has brain cancer and he goes outside and sees it and realizes that he's just one with the world. That uh, he's just this tiny little organism riding on a giant rock, you know. Yeah, You're like I oh, mean, there's and, my mortality. You know, I think, I think in some the future episodes we'll talk about being one with the world. Absolutely. Um, you know, I want to talk about things like meditation and prayer. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. things that have helped me and things that have um, really kind of relaxed my mind to be able to be open. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but, uh, I just, I think I just wanted to say thank you for, uh, for getting on here and doing this with me. And I hope that, um, you know, we continue to do this for a while and stay sober. And, um, to anybody out there who's listening, I just wanted to say, you know, you are not alone and, uh, you really only have to do it for today. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. Just today. That's it. Thanks for having me, man. Hey. All right, Jerry. We'll see yeah. you uh we'll see you next time. Word. See you next time, Maine. Thank you for listening to A is for Alcoholic. Our music is by Neglect. You can find more of his music at neglectsound.bandcamp.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And contact us at A is for alcoholic at gmail.com.